0: I'm Jeff Murphy from Boston University Alumni Relations, and I'm your host for an interview series showcasing the career paths of our most interesting and accomplished alumni. Welcome to the Proud to Be You podcast. My guest today is Senior Vice President for Healthcare at PR firm Weber-Shanwick, Monique Kelly. Monique graduated from the College of Communication in the class of 2003, and since then, she's become a true industry leader. Monique joined me on the podcast to reflect back on her time at BU and explore the lessons she's learned from the fast-paced and highly competitive landscape of public relations. Monique Kelly, thanks so much for joining us on the Proud to BU podcast. Thanks, Jeff. I normally uh, would welcome you back to campus. We're delighted to have you in studios with us today, but I know that you've been here a ton. You live in Boston, you you get to campus quite often, right?
1: I do, I do. I'm very lucky in that um, since I moved back from New York where I was after college, I uh, came back here and kept in touch with all of my professors. So um, Professor Quigley, Professor Downs, um, they're here, and really enabled me the opportunity to guest lecture for everything from uh, Communications writing, which is a required class, to media relations. So it's great to be on the other side of those uh, classes and and being able to uh, lend my experiences to the current students.
0: I certainly have a lot of questions to ask you about that, but I always kind of go chronologically. Um, are you originally from Massachusetts or New York? I know you were. In no, New York for yeah,
1: a I'm. I'm from South Jersey. I'm. I'm proud. Um, and it's funny because a lot of uh, these days, it's all around Eagles fans and Eagles country. So um, I was. Race, I'm going to let that one fan. go. Okay. Uh, you know, I actually was on the Randall Cunningham show. I, my father took us when we were little, so it, we're, we're big, proud um, Philly sports fans. But um, I found my way here at BU um, when I actually, I'm sad to say, um, I went to the open house. And the open house was in Philadelphia. And again, my dad and I went. And um, I thought that the cookies that was at that open house, were so great. And I remember, you know, talking to folks that were there, the recruiters, and they were telling me all around, you know, the college is diverse and it's a great opportunity and it's a city and all of this. And I just kept thinking to myself, what amazing cookies. Like if if the college had these types of cookies, I I think I need to be there. But it's interesting that the recruiters talked a lot about diversity because um, for me, you know, I grew up very diverse. So my mom is an immigrant from Iran, Tehran, Iran. Iran, And my uh, dad, is um, from New Jersey, you know born and raised, but he's African-American and um, a bodybuilder. He was actually a former Mr. New Jersey in 1987. So for me um, sports, athletics, diversity, it was always a normal. Thing. Um, so when I found myself at BU, um, I was a walk-on on the track team, you know, to continue on with the, um, uh, I think, upbringing that I had that really focused on fitness. Um, and so I met with Coach Bruce Lahane, the late, great Coach Bruce Lahane, and um, he took a chance on me, and I was a walk-on track runner. Um, and so that's how it really started for me, my BU, uh, getting to BU and moving from Jersey to Boston. And... Um, You know, unfortunately, I think most of my running career, um, I was injured. You know, I I spent more time with the athletic trainers than I did my own teammates, really. Uh, All kinds of injuries. And I think it happens from going from, um, you know, being a short distance runner in high school to really being more of a longer distance runner in college. But, um, you know, that to me was something that um, I struggled with. But also, I have really fond memories in terms of the relationships that I built with my teammates, including my best friend, who's, um, you know, Children, I'm godmother to. But um, I ended up kind of stumbling into public relations when, again, this love of um, fitness and health really drove me to nutrition. And at the time, I was in the College of Arts and Sciences moving to Sargent. And I thought, I want to be a nutritionist. I want to do anything, health and fitness. That is my calling in life. Um, but I failed biology. I was in the pre med biology course and completely failed. I had never failed anything in my life. Um, And again, to me, that was a shock and um, something that I really had to really think long and hard in terms of what am I doing here? You know, I I have to graduate with something, you know, some kind of degree, but what that degree is and what I should be doing with my life, um, if it's not nutrition, I had no clue about. So it was that very same best friend, track teammate, who was already in the College of Communication, and she was a PR major, and she said, hey, look, why don't you try PR? I like these courses. I know you like writing. Um, you know you have a passion for gab. Clearly, so you know why don't you try it out? And I remember. Well, so wait, reading.
0: when when yeah. when was this conversation? Yes, you, you came in to as a first year student at, at CAS. Yes, and so um, it, were, did you feel at home at BU right away? I mean, was it a, was it a bad fit in addition to not doing so well academically? Or um,
1: no, I actually think it was a good fit. So somehow, how I grew up was certainly not um, you know as nice of a. City as, as BU is, but I really do think I again with the cookies and also um, I talk about this a lot with my husband. He's like, I've never seen any students go because at the time we were dating um, when I was in college, and I used to tell him about the lobster nights. I used to tell him about all this stuff. Again, it always revolves around food with me, food and running. Um, and he's like, Good God, like what kind of you know you have a great college experience. And so for me, um, I had a good community, definitely with the track team, um, but I think. I really felt more of a community at BU when I fell into PR in the College of Communication.
0: And when did that happen?
1: Um, so that was around my junior year okay. when I took, I remember, the media relations class with Dr. Downs, who, you know, was someone who was just a great teacher inside the classroom and out, as well as Steve Quigley. You know, both of them um, I attribute my career to because they made PR so passionate. Um, they, for me, um, they helped me get my first uh internship. Um, They helped me even figure out you know, um, decisions in terms of do I continue to go to school and get a master's or do I go out in the real world first? And you know, any type of um, thoughts or, or nerves or challenges that I um, had in terms of really getting to understand PR and communications, you know, they were really great mentors to me and helping me navigate all of that. Um, they also encouraged me to join PRSSA, so I was an executive board member for PRSSA, and the president at the time, uh, my junior year. She was a senior, Corey Kinger, and who she and I are very close friends. And, um, you know, she teases me. She's like, you used to come to these things with like ice on your leg. So, you know, she she knew track was a big, you know, part of my life, but also um, PR ended up starting to be a real part of my life as well.
0: I'm curious about your experience as a student athlete. Did Was yes. it a challenge to balance, a, a de, I can only assume, a super demanding training schedule with yeah. classes and things like that? And I, 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 I know BU's got a great track program. You're traveling all over the country, I'm guessing, on weekends. So what was that like for you to, to balance those two competing passions?
1: I think for me, I'm a type A person who loves focus. So I think that's what, frankly, kept me out of trouble. I always hear about the college stories and the freshman 15s and gaining weight I'm like, what are you talking about? I lost weight I was in the best shape of my life actually I was training and running every single day and again I looked at that as a great way to do what I love to do, which was health and fitness and running but also you know that was my network. that was my my um, my, my friends. my friends were on the team you know you would be able to train with them, eat with them, go to study hall with them. Um, it was funny because we had a, a couple professional hockey players um, that went to the um, NHL as well in our little group. Um, but uh, so yeah, I mean, I have really fond memories, even though I was was injured. I actually had a stress fracture in my femur, so a femoral stress fracture, which um, can be incredibly debilitating. Um, and just being able to work through that. And um, after I had that, that was my junior year. Um, coming back after doing pool running and, and strength training for ten months, and having to come back. And that first meet that I ended up running um, was an America East meet, and um, PRing in the fifteen hundred meters. That was a big um, critical moment for me as well. Because it really, you know, I started to get these life lessons early. That like, you know, giving up is not an option. And you know, things happen that are sometimes out of your control. Um, You know, I definitely resented that. Why am I the one getting injured and not others? But um, being able to figure out, you know, if you know, life gives you something, a, a challenge, you know, figuring out what you can do and what you can contribute to, to, um, to really um, get through it.
0: So before we, uh, I ask you about your sort of professional career, I know yeah. from looking at your LinkedIn profile, you also had a couple internships yes. while you're a student athlete. Yeah. Um, I'm curious to know if though those were at sort of fairly big agencies from, mm-hmm. from what I know about the PR world, did that, did those experiences kind of solidify for you that you were totally on the right track? And did that play a role in in sort of helping you figure out what you were going to do after you graduated?
1: Absolutely. Um, What I loved about PR and the degree in communications is that there are so many different avenues you can take. Um, And so I ended up doing an internship at a small agency that was based in um, Connecticut, but down here. uh by the wharf. I also did an agency uh Cone Communications in their new business department. So, um, I think that's where I really started to understand the importance and value of new business even though it's something in an agency that is non-billable um that meaning you're you're not really generating revenue yet until you get that business uh... and then i also interned at the um... the college of fine arts here uh... which also gave me a lot of great experience from the media relations standpoint but working for a university so i had a diverse experience uh... in pr but i always knew i wanted to do pr um, and at that point, um, based on the classwork and, and, you know, like I said, the, the work that um, Professor Downs did for the media relations courses, I thought I wanted to specifically specialize in media relations when I graduated.
0: So you have these great experiences as an intern. Uh, how, how? What is the decision process like for you when you finally finished uh, your degree? Did you already yes. have a position lined up or were you then oh, no, on the job market?
1: Oh, no. And and again, that type A in me was very nervous about, wait a minute, how? what am I going to do after? How am I going to get a job? Am I going to get a job at one of the places where I interned? You know, what if timing didn't work out? Because a lot of these things are timing. Um, and so in the market here is, is relatively small. Um, things are not going to open up every day for a communications job. And so really going back to um, my experiences on the executive board for PRSSA, my friend Corey, who was the president, she graduated a year before me so Corey was already working at a small IR firm investor relations firm in New York and so when I graduated I didn't think I was going to go to New York you know I wasn't one of these people where I grew up in New Jersey was much closer to Philly um, I didn't think I was going to be one of these people that just up and moved and started a new life I really liked Boston and I wanted to stay in Boston um, but I wasn't finding a job I wasn't really finding a lot of opportunities I remember you know sending my resume to everybody I took a bus to Waltham you know to, back then Waltham to me was like oh my God so far, like I'm going across the country. But I remember taking buses and trains and planes, whatever I needed to do to get myself out there because that was always, um, you know, kind of, again, where I'm from and how I'm raised is you got to figure out what you're going to do and, you know, you are responsible for finding that career. And I also knew I had a great degree, um, you know, professors that were uh, my mentors who were supportive of me and, you know, everything on paper looked right. I just had to find the job. So Corey, thankfully, a month after graduation, had an opening at her firm, and she asked me. She said, well, you know, it's an investor relations firm, and to this day, IR, the words, I cringe. I'm like, I'm not that great with the numbers, you know, I revenue, and all these other things. I'm like, you know, just whatever. but." Um, She said, no, Monique, you would be doing the media relations portion of it. You would just be on the phone with reporters pitching, and that's what you love to do. So I took the train, went to New York, interviewed with uh, Diana Brainerd, who um, was the the president of her firm, a private company, and uh, ended up getting the job. And so you know again sometimes you don't necessarily have the plan laid out that you're going to move to New York and you're gonna start your career there but for me it was a job and I took it I got a lot of great experience from it um, for almost 10 or 11 months when I was there, small agency. So um, it allowed me opportunities to work on big clients and with folks that knew what they were doing, you know, and and took a chance with this newbie um, fresh out of college. Um, And it was a great experience.
0: So as a a new grad, uh, I'm curious to know if you once you landed on sort of like the full time job market. Yes. Was was it different in any way from the experiences you had as an intern? Were there sort of lessons you learned right away about being a young professional in New York City that you think about today?
1: Oh yeah. First of all, I got lost every morning. I was like, where am I going on a subway? I lived in um, Astoria, Queens, where I actually lived for um, 12 years. I ended up staying there. So I I started and and continued my career uh, living in Astoria. Um, And somehow, four subway stops ended up being eight, six, ten. Like I was all over the place. So I, I continued to get lost. And I just kept telling myself, just don't look lost and I'll be okay. I'll just you know, fit in with everybody else. So, um, but I ended up when I got to work, um, my experiences were such that it was such, you know, fast paced. Um, A lot of the work that I started to do was, you know, media monitoring for the top clients, Um, you know, 7 a.m. start, um, sometimes going Till noon, you know, very intense, very fast-paced nature. So even though the internships I had, I got some of that. You know, a lot of the internships tend to be two times a week. You know, this was every day. This was in and out. Didn't matter if you were tired or cranky. And you know, you can't set your schedule the way that I did for the internships, where it didn't interfere with um, school and with track. You know, this was my life at the time. It was it was my full, um, dedicated job. Um, So that's that's really. How it started and, and yep. just being able to get a lot of great experience from that.
0: Cool. You mentioned though that it was you were just at that position for 10 or 11 months. Yes. You mentioned it was a small firm. Right. Did you end up leaving or? So what it's happened interesting
1: next? because in college you're always taught go to the small agencies to start because the small agencies you'll be able to do more. There's less red tape, less you know, um, uh, levels. And so I actually found in my career, and um, I think my situation is is unique. It really depends on the 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 company and the experience, but. But um, I found that going to the larger agency, I had more of an opportunity because I was working on larger accounts. And I found in my career that the larger the account, the more people you're working with and the more people you're working with the more you can learn and you can grow from them and there's opportunities that if you're doing one project and you're not really feeling it there are plenty of other projects within that same account team that you can work on so I ended up um, moving to Manning, Selvage, and Lee in New York at the time we were next to the Letterman building uh, which was fun so that was true New York going right into Times Square um, and and, you know battling the um, uh, folks on the street just to get to work half the time but um, when I was at work I, I Um, started to really fall in love with the work that I was doing. So I was hired specifically for my media relations skills. So I applied what I got from the last job here, but it was for healthcare department. And so full circle, again, somebody who failed biology, who, you know, wasn't necessarily able to pursue her dream of nutrition, I had another shot at healthcare, but in a different way on the communication side. So, um, you know that ever since was um, really, I think it's what really started my love of of healthcare PR, working with pharma companies to really help for everything from awareness of different diseases and educating folks about um, the risk of certain things, getting um, information out about treatments and therapies of of some grim diseases. So I was working in... um, you know, stage four cancer, working in Alzheimer's disease, you know, again, these areas where there were unmet needs, um, treatments were needed for people. And a lot of my job was being able to pitch stories for um, the people who had these diseases. So I would get really close to um, people who, you know, really leveraged me as an opportunity to tell their stories. And I took that very seriously because, um, you know, unfortunately some of the people are, are no longer with us, but I remember thinking to myself that, that, you know this this is my calling you know even though it's yes communications and I'm PR and we always say in PR we're not surgeons although we are really doing our part to get information out to people who need it and it's a really rewarding job and a great opportunity
0: so pretty pretty much out of the gate you sort of had to fall into this <laughs> I guess maybe I'm not asking the question correctly, but I know you've been working specifically in healthcare PR with pharmaceutical companies, uh, bio, life sciences. Mm -hmm. Is that a thing where in PR you kind of have to like pick a specialty and stick with it? Or or is that sort of unusual that you've been working in that that sort of one focus for a, a long time now?
1: So really great question. We find for healthcare, especially when you're working on products for regulatory milestones like, you know, the FDA. And Health Canada, Ministry of Japan, there are so many nuances in healthcare PR, especially on the product communication side, that we find that um, one, it's rare to find people that have that skill set. Uh, so when you get that, whether they're in house or agency, you know, being able to really hone in and continue that specialty. Is going to be important, is going to make you valuable. Um, and um, I would say that for me, you know, if you are someone who um, wants to be able to you know, continue with a communications career, but feels that you want to do something that's rewarding and that's benefiting people, not just people you don't know. You know, I've had to, unfortunately, sometimes use this education that I have with, um, you know, um, uh, quadruple bypasses, cancer, different, multiple forms of cancer for my own family and being able to talk to cardiologists and oncologists and advocate for my family members. So it is truly a rewarding career that you can truly feel that you're helping people and need and getting the word out. Um, but uh, I would say if that's something that you want to do, the earlier you can get that skill set, the better it'll be for you in terms of being attractive to your employers.
0: So tell us a little bit more about the path to how you landed in your current role at Weber Shanwick. I yes. need, there were a couple other agencies along the way, yes. along with the move back to Boston. Yeah. So can you sort of lay that out for us?
1: Absolutely. So um, so I was with, with MSNL for years, for at least five years. Um, and I found in my career, it didn't really hit me until later, but I found the power of BU is not only in the degree in the four years when you're here. The power of BU is the BU network that you will need during your time at BU after when you're landing your first job or jobs and then continuously it's it's the gift that keeps on giving as BU really for me <laughs> um, and for communications and so um, the same way that I got that first job through my friend Corey um, I ended up helping a fellow uh, BU student um, her name was Doris Lee um, getting her first job at MSNL so we worked together um, on some counts and then she ended up moving on to another agency. And so when she was at that other agency, same thing. She lended her hand out and said, Well, you know, I think you would actually um, benefit from working here at Conan Wolf. So, Conan Wolf at the time had um, two huge clients, Merck and GSK, and the work that they did was more uh, consumer health versus a lot of the hard science and regulatory and data milestones work that I grew up in at MSNL. And so, this was going to give me an opportunity to see a different side of healthcare PR and really round out my skill set. And so um, I ended up interviewing there and, and same thing that, you know, I think really having somebody from the inside, a BU grad who advocated for me to get that position really um, uh, contributed to my being hired there. And so I was at Conan Wolfe Wolf for a couple years. Uh, I worked on the GSK flu franchise business. Uh, really liked the work that I was doing. Again, very rewarding. I remember when H1N1 broke out, I was the one monitoring and doing, you know, statements and crises oh, wow. and all kinds of fun things. I, I was flying back from vacation when I saw that. <laughs> I think it was a JetBlue flight, so they had the TVs, and I saw that hit, and I thought to myself, "Oh God, I'm going to be busy." But um, you know, that's that's how it works in healthcare PR. You never know what's going to happen. So, um, I remember when I was there. In addition to GSK, I worked a lot on new business. So what. Uh, Conan Wolf felt really attractive about my background is that, you know, I worked on um, a really prominent Alzheimer's medication for ASI and Pfizer, and I worked a lot in the neurology space. So I was able to be sort of a neurology specialty area expert on new business pitches for Alzheimer's and other disease states, Um, uh, Tisabri, which is a biogen drug um, for multiple sclerosis. So, you know, uh, different opportunities would come up that was specific to neurology, and more and more I started to gravitate towards. Towards the new business side of things versus actually billable work. Um, I remember actually um, when I was finalizing um, one of the the budgets for um, work that we had just won and needed to get over to our new client to kind of you know toast the new opportunity that we just won, the new partnership that we were going to kick off, um, my boss pulled me into her office. And I thought, OK, what, what else do we need to do? Maybe he called and he wants more things in that budget. You know, what, what's going on? And so, um, unfortunately, I remember her saying that, you know, our budgets got cut and I didn't really necessarily know what that meant. I said, "Okay, the budgets got cut, but I'm finalizing one right now. Let's keep it moving." And and so she clarified for me, no. And unfortunately, in agency life, um, sometimes when the budgets get cut and there were you know we have too many too many people that unfortunately you're one of the people who are affected, and we have to let go. Um, and so I remember thinking to myself like, okay, and, and still I think being desensitized because I was so focused on my job, which was finalize the budget and kick off this work. And so when she asked me if I had questions, I said, well, just one, I want to make sure that this budget gets to the client prospect because that's what we promised him. Um, and so um, I remember thinking, and after, after I left the office, thinking to myself, you know, uh, how could I perhaps have prevented this from happening? Maybe I wanted I to ask you
0: did, you. did you? You just didn't see it coming at all. Didn't see it coming blindsided. at all. And,
1: yeah. and I'm always one of these people. Like, <clears> what can I do better? Again, always having accountability and feeling like you know I'm in control of this. So what? What can I do? What should I have done? Could I have done? You know, could I have talked to my manager more about this billability um, aspect and make sure that I was billable? Maybe there were other things, and you know, just a lot of different questions go through my head. But then I thought to myself. Well, you know, things happen for a reason. You know, there was a reason why I ate those cookies and and that hotel in Philly when you know BU people were recruiting me. There was a reason why I joined the track team, even though half my career I you know was in the athletic trainer's room. You know, there's a reason why I met my friend Caroline and she told me about PR. The Reason why I met Corey and Doris who got me my first job. So I thought to myself, I don't know what reason is it is for being laid off, but. I hope it's going to not be a long time that I'm experiencing this because, you know, rents are expensive in New York and, and other things. So, um very interesting. My current job, which is at Weber Shanwick, um, when I was hired, it was in New York in 2010. And I remember Barb Box, um, who was the president at the time of the healthcare group, she's now North American strategist. But I remember her telling me that, you know, we have a lot of people who are from Conan Wolf, your former agency, who work here. And in fact, they all tell me that you're really good with new business. So I thought, oh, God, I don't want to start off that way. And I remember her actually explaining to me um, that people, she has a theory that when people are really into new business, that these are the people who aren't, you know, afraid of rejection, have tough skin, know how to jump dive in, you know, learn and understand a client's program in a week. And, you know, kind of the people who um, she felt are the kind of people that she's looking for to continue to build her practice. So I remember saying straight out, Barb, sounds great, great opportunity, but I will never be uh, more non-billable than billable again in my career. And that stuck with me. And so she was able to say, well, okay, we have an account. The budget's not officially approved yet. So understanding the situation you were just in with budgets, you know, we tend to make sure that we hire when we have 100% um, approval on a budget, not before. So do you mind waiting a few months? So that's what ended up happening. I stayed in touch with her and a couple months later, I ended up working 100% billable. I should have been careful what I wished for because at that point I ended up um, even more than 100% um, In reality. But it was a great experience to work an account, a dynamic account with a lot of different pieces, but always still, there was always this reserve of 10% where I would work on new business, sometimes just be brought in for the presentation and I guess my animation uh, versus the actual skill set, which was fun to me that, you know, I was able to get that passion out, but still feel um, protected in a way that was, you know, really focused on the billable side of our job.
0: So you've been at Weber Shanwick, I think. Almost ten years now, and, and yeah. looking at your LinkedIn profile, I think you've been promoted twice. So it seems like it's been a great fit for you. Yeah. And I know in that time you've been um, super engaged with with COM and have come back. You mentioned being a guest lecturer for some of those professors you had back in the day. Yeah. I'm curious to know, you know, what advice that you find yourself sharing with uh, students who are either in those classes with you or, or reach out to you outside of those classes that uh, when they talk, when they ask you about, you know, how do I break into this industry? How do I become a successful PR professional, what are those You know, two or three things that you always find yourself sharing with those folks?
1: Yes, well, number one, networking and, and leveraging the power of the network upfront. Um, I spoke at this year's PRSSA conference in February, I remember it was freezing, uh, but I spoke and, and my um, presentation was all around networking and I stopped during the presentation. I did a poll, I did a live poll, and the poll found that 75% of the attendees, so these were students from the region, PR students, who were proactive enough in coming to this conference, but 75% of the students were afraid of networking. Mm. And I thought to myself, how? How are you guys afraid of networking when you're communications people who are here at this conference? Um, and so I said, let's take five minutes. Introduce yourselves to your neighbor because it's not about just networking with you know, us old folks. It's about networking with each other because in my career, you know, the best opportunities that I ever was able to get and really cut through the clutter of different resumes was because I knew strong people, also you know BU grads who were able to advocate and, and do my PR essentially to get these opportunities. So it's and it, these are people who are still my friends and we still um, speak with often. So I would say networking is number one, and with each other, with your professors, and never feel that your time at BU is over because BU and the professors that are here and the the network that you have from this university will carry you through job after job and opportunity after opportunity. You mentioned, you know, I I came back and I do guest lecturing and, you know, I never thought of myself as a teacher or professor type, but I'm really liking it. And so um, I'm looking at potentially getting into adjuncting and other um, opportunities here that, again, if you asked me, you know, 15 years ago when I graduated, you know, would you want to be a teacher? I'd say, Absolutely not, and and now here I am doing it in a different way. Um, and the second advice I would say is, there's going to be challenges. You could do everything right on paper. Your resume could look great. You could be an executive board member, have four internships, be on the track team. You know, do all kinds of things. Move, uh, you know, to a different city. Get your Craigslist roommate. Make it work. You know, on a budget. But sometimes things are going to happen that are out of your control. And it's really about how you approach those challenges that makes the difference. You can approach them um, in a way that really defeats you, or you can approach them in a way that says, thank you, thank you for the challenges, thank you for the opportunity to make me a stronger person and a stronger PR professional. Um, and I think I've chose more and more to do the latter because I've seen the benefits of positive attitude and, and being able to look at what potentially is a challenge. But now when I reflect back, you know, I was really happy for that opportunity to be able to switch and work at Weber Shanwick. So I would have never potentially gotten that if it wasn't for what looked like a setback and. Am I being laid off?
0: Well, those are both really, really great pieces of advice. And I think that's a great place for us to to sort of end our chat. But um, I know that you are somebody who is super interested in being available and helpful to others. If, if there are folks listening in that want to get in touch with you, what's a good way for them to do that?
1: Always LinkedIn. I live by LinkedIn. I love it. And that's a great opportunity to network as well and, and find people who went to be you. And don't be afraid to reach out to them, um, including myself. We're always willing to help.
0: Monique, it's really a treat to have you back on campus, and and thanks for carving out some time for us. Thanks so much. My thanks once again to Monique for joining me on the podcast. I really appreciated her willingness to open up about the successes and challenges of her career, and I think her advice on the importance of networking is totally spot on. As you heard, Monique is ready and willing to network with BU students and alumni, so be sure to connect directly with her on LinkedIn. Thanks again for listening to the Proud to Be You podcast. If you like what we're doing, please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review Proud to Be You wherever you download your episodes. I'm Jeff Murphy, and no matter where your path takes you, be proud to be you. The Proud to Be You podcast is produced by Boston University Alumni Relations. Our theme is from Jump and APM Music. To learn more about Proud to Be You, visit bu.edu alumni slash podcast.